the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is brought to you by The Athletic, a subscription based sports news site delivering in depth sports coverage for real sports fans. Get detailed coverage of all the COVID 19 situation, every trade, every free agent signing. When is Dak Prescott going to sign that contract? National writers like Ken Rosenthal, Michael Lombardi, and Pierre Lebrun still working hard to get all of you the information, especially from the baseball side of things right now as they start to formulate a plan. The NBA seems to be right on the heels of that. And deep insights from all the analytic gurus and all the fantasy guys who are still trying to get you ready for 2020. Join today and get 40% off your annual subscription going to theathletic.com slash track. That's theathletic.com slash track. My name is Mike Gennetti. It's Wednesday evening, May 13th. Got a couple of guests for you today. I know it's been a lot of me lately, so I'm, I'm sure plenty of you are sick of that. Start with Kevin Sylvester, our old uh, Spot Track podcast buddy who's still cranking along. Golf's starting to come back. Kevin's day job is the PGA Tour, so we're going to have him on to talk about what's coming this weekend, next weekend, and then one month from now when the actual tour is slated to get back in business. So we'll talk to Kevin. And then after that, the sports tax man, Robert Rayola joins the show to discuss really the impact from taxes, not only on, you know, the, the hiatus and, and these sports that are trying to come back like the NBA and Major League Baseball, but also some really great numbers from the NFL draft. Not every number you see on Spotrack is the actual end game for each player. And he's got a pretty interesting uh, tidbit there with the, some of the top draft picks from 2020 and how the taxes will affect their contracts. So good to hear from him in a little bit as well. We had a fantasy episode last week with Cousin Dan, and now that baseball has a plan, we're going to start getting into more fantasy as well. You can visit spottrack.com slash fantasy and register your free Major League Baseball 2020 roster. Pick one player from each of the 30 MLB teams. We've got salaries now for everybody out there. You're going to build a payroll. Try to keep it low. you got to get over a threshold of $165 million, but build your 30-man roster. Try to keep your payroll somewhat low. And then if and when a 2020 season happens, rack up fantasy points and the, the person at the end of the day with the most fantasy points and the best payroll will win cash prizes. My thanks to fantasypros.com. All right. As I mentioned, we're going to join by Kevin Sylvester from the PGA Tour from T to Green. Check him out at t2green.golf or at Kev Sylvester on Twitter. Hope you enjoy my conversation with Kevin Sylvester. All right. Joined again by the previous... The former, the soon-to-be-again host of the Spot Track Podcast, Kevin. Thanks for coming back. Kevin Sylvester from Tee to Green. Golf is sort of coming back, Kev. Just give me a, a basic synapse. I know you played. I know you've got friends and family that are playing uh, here in the Western New York region. And it sounds like the PGA is going to be the first big entity to sort of come back on a grand scheme in June. We're going to see a little bit of that this weekend with the, uh, the charity event in Florida at the Seminole. Just kind of give me your over overriding experience with how this thing is coming back. I know you, you broadcast, uh, you know, I know you plan to be back doing that in, in a month or so. What are your thoughts? Is it the right time? Are, are the right measures being taken? All that good stuff. Just kind of, just kind of go nuts on this. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, first of all, Mike, uh, good to be with you again and look forward to seeing you again. Yeah. We'll be back soon. I'm, I'm sure we'll be back soon. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, uh, it's, so golf is, one of the few sports and activities that you can do safely social distancing um, or physical distancing. You know, I, I firmly believe that I've been practicing that, um, you know, I've played nearly 10 times actually 
which at this time of the year for Buffalo is a lot. <laughs> you know, every, people are complaining about it. Like, wait a second, this is just the beginning of our season here in the Northeast uh, because of weather and wet wise. Um, but as far as, as the pro ranks go, yes, they, they can do it uh, with safe social distancing measures, just as the amateurs are out there playing it around the country um, where, you know, it's the only sport when you think about it that uses a ball that nobody else touches, mm -hmm. no other competitor, right? You have your own ball, your own equipment, you know, the only common things that would be touched, um, and I say would be, probably won't be uh, as they move forward, would be the flag stick, would be a rake in a bunker. Um, most, I don't believe they're going to have rakes in bunkers at PJ Tour events, or if they do, they'll have a volunteer who rakes the bunkers uh, on each hole. Um, flag sticks do not have to be removed. Um, you, you know, by rule, they can stay in now. So, you know, they may have a local rule to say they're in, or they may, again, have an attendant on each hole uh, that handles a flag stick only uh, for the players. Um, I, yeah, uh, these are all the things that are being talked about, you know, with the PGA Tour, with the players uh, moving forward. Um, you know, they announced a long time ago uh, a reshuffled schedule. Uh, they were criticized for it, the tour was, but it was smart because they have to plan their worldwide tour. They have uh, independent contractors who compete on the PGA Tour from all over the world. So there were some competitors that would have to make plans to get back to this country and go through a 14-day self-quarantine period just to make, th make sure things are okay or be tested if mandated, depending upon where they go. Or to make, uh, you know, or, or, to, or just to make plans. Uh, travel's not going to be the same. Um, Kevin Streelman, who is competing actually at, at, as we speak in the Scottsdale Open, which is a little mini tour uh, event in Arizona that has about a dozen PGA Tour players competing in it uh, because they can and they want to get competitive. And uh, he's on the player action committee. It's about, uh, I think there's 16 members on there. And you know, Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA Tour, um, was very, uh, you know, this is a Kevin Streelman's um, comments from the meeting, uh, was taking a lot of input from the players uh, if they're comfortable with what they have planned. Some of the things they have planned, they're going to charter a plane. Um, you know, players and caddies will have to pay to be on the plane just much, much like they would pay airfare, but there's going to be a plane. So, Hey, you know, we're going to try to contain as much as we can in a bubble. Everybody's going to stay in the same hotel. Uh, they'll the same caterer for food. It's You're not going out to dinner. Nobody's going to dinner anyways in America. Uh, <laughs> unless you're going to take out. You're going to eat here. It's it's going to be, they're going to try to create a bubble uh, from tournament to tournament uh, to make it work. And uh, you know, I, I think that's the only way they can do it uh, moving forward. And then there's testing. Players want testing. The tour wants to test players. And I think the general public wants to see that, you know, they're being tested uh, to make sure they can be healthy. And I think all the other sports are going to be looking at this, too, to see how it goes. Exactly. That's exactly where I wanted to go with this, because I have I've, I've done some of the research that you just kind of laid out here, specifically with the Charles Schwab Challenge, which would be the June 11th event that we're shooting for here. The director of that event, Michael Toth, basically came out and said, you know, Generally speaking, this time, a couple weeks out from the tournament, I'm dealing with corporations and trying to get hospitality tents set up and all the architecture that goes with that. 
and, and oh, by the way, that's about 80% of his revenue from a tournament standpoint. So just to t- touch on that a bit with you, it's not it's not so much about the fans. From the numbers I'm seeing, Kevin, it's only about 10 to 12% of the revenue for each tournament that comes in with the gate. So they can certainly handle not having fans there, but not having these corporations set up the hospitality tents and having the programs and things like that, that's where they're killing them. Michael Toth basically went on record to say he's going to lose money to put this event on. <laughs> it, it would be cheaper. Yeah. It would be cheaper for him. He said this. It would be cheaper for him to cancel and repay the advertisers than it would be to host this event. But hosting this event means so much to the community, to the, to the Charles Schwab, obviously, who, who needs to be on TV, and just keeping in good graces with the PGA, who will make money off this because of the TV revenue. But the tournaments themselves, Kevin, they're going to go limp on this. Yeah, the, the tournaments are, um, you know, the way I understand it, um, you know, and granted this, someone who's a, a contractor with a tour for PJ Tour Radio, uh, I don't I don't get a whole lot of insight into the inner workings. I just know what I see week in and week out, and that's, you know, pro-ams, uh, where money goes to charity. You see all the corporate hospitality, the activation, uh, companies that are doing giveaways to spectators that come in, marketing, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, and that's a big part of it. That's it, what makes tournaments successful. What it's what pays toast salary. Uh, you know, they have full-time staff who run these tournaments so, along with all the volunteers. Um, it's a huge endeavor uh, to put on a PGA Tour event. So um, what, when he says, yeah, it'd probably be cheaper not to do it and, and repay people, he might be right. But I, I, I think they're looking at the bigger picture here um, in, in moving forward. And I think by having the tournament, I, I think that it, it helps the status of the tournament you know, the PGA Tour, I'm sure, I'm sure is doing some things to pitch in here uh, to help make it happen uh, for the folks at Colonial, which is an unbelievable place. I worked that tournament once. It's incredible. Love that place. It's, an, it's a great golf course. They have unbelievable members. Uh, you know, the statue of Ben Hogan there, Hogan's office is in there, all the, all the trophies in the clubhouse. Whether or not they can go in and see it this year, <laughs> uh, the players, I don't know. Don't know how all that's going to work. Yeah, and, and he's not the only one. There's a lot of tournaments, even with uh, reduced capacities and reduced fans um, and reduced activations, it's going to be a different year. Uh, no question about that. Yeah, I'll, I'll use uh, Memorial, Muirfield Village, for example, Jack's tournament. That will be in July this year. Used to be uh, first week of June. It'd be, it would have been the week before uh, Charles Schwab uh, Challenge. And they're going to hold the event in July in, in um, Dublin, Ohio, just outside of Columbus. And they said they were, they're going to have fans. They're going to have a limited number of fans and no grandstands. So there'll be no chance to um, you know, sit together in a close space. It'll be interesting to see how that's done when spectators do come, do come back uh, to PGA Tour events and what sort of sponsor activation. But I think every tournament is going to experience – uh, some financial challenges uh, this year to move forward. Yeah, there's no question. And, and you know, we can put the numbers t- on paper like we're doing, but you and I both know, ha- having followed these other sports so closely, you just got to get on TV right now. I mean, the, the Last Dance sure. documentary is great, Kevin, but it's not 6 million viewers great. <laughs> it's, it's 6 million viewers because we got nothing to do on Sunday night. And PGA darn well knows if they throw themselves out there at 2 p.m. Eastern this Sunday with this tailor-made char- charity event, they're going to get numbers they had, they've never seen before. Even, even if it, it isn't, you know, 
10 or 12 of the greatest players in the world. It's only four. It's only four. But um, let's actually go there because this is actually a really cool event. Sure. I don't know how much you know about it, but it, there's a lot of money involved, which is certainly piques my interest. Um, how often do these kind of events happen? I, I realize they generally don't happen for 100% charity purposes, but I feel like these events could happen more and more. We're, we're obviously, you, you know, a couple of weeks away from the Phil and Tiger event as well. Um, this just seems really cool to me, even without the, the you know having to do it for for pandemic purposes. I love the idea of somebody going up there. I think it's going to be Steve Sands from NBC Sports going up there every hole, discussing the hole, discussing how much the hole is worth from a skin standpoint, and kind of uh, laying out the betting odds on it before we get to it. And then he'll be speaking with the players directly throughout the the, the entire match. I just, I just love the whole concept of it. Um, I just wish it was obviously happening in better settings. But what, what are your thoughts on yeah. this? Well, I, I, I think it's great. I'm I, I'm all for these things. There used to be, and, and some of your listeners uh, who are uh, my age and perhaps a little <laughs> bit older will remember Shell's wonderful world of golf. And they were head-to-head matches at iconic golf courses. Uh, matter of fact, the only time... Uh, until recently, there was a flyover that was released online, uh, drone footage of Pine Valley, which is uh, rated number one golf course in America, mm-hmm. above Augusta National, uh, above Cypress Point. Um, Pine Valley and is the place. The only time I've ever seen it was uh, this old Larry Nelson was playing. Oh, God, I forget who he's playing. Anyway, that's the only time I ever saw Pine Valley and in, in the brilliance that it is. Well, Seminole, kind of the same way. So this is this is why um, one reason why I'm looking forward to it. I want to see Seminole Golf Course, a Donald Ross design uh, down on the east coast of Florida. It's supposed to be amazing. I had a friend who played it, said it's incredible. Uh, so I can't wait to see the golf course itself. And I did, so yeah, I think that's brilliant that Steve Sands will set up, you know, what the hole is, and then the, the betting part, right? Because uh, listen, everybody amateur plays golf as bet at some point. Mm-hmm on themselves in a game of golf, but in some sort of match, whether it be a skins game, uh, whether it be, (laughs) yeah, well, you know, they've been betting in Nassau. They played a game of Wolf. They played Vegas, whatever. There's all these betting games and they're bringing some of that out for charity, which I think is cool. By the way, the the tour is involved in both of these matches because they're contractors with a tour and, you know, there's standards that they have, which I think is smart. Um, and then to have their, officials there we saw that with a tiger film match um and it's a chance to see the personalities of the players uh that you don't normally see or get to hear uh during regular tournaments so i think that's great you know they used to have a skins game that would be in the fall uh many years they'd have uh the skins game would be all four major winners from the year nice and if someone won both majors they they'd bring someone else in and they'd do a skins challenge and it would be for a lot of money. It'd be great. They'd be playing a hole for $275,000 because they would add up, you know, and someone would, would win a skins. And then they'd have um, – uh, there would be another one, and I forget what the other term it was. So they it used to be called the Silly Season. That was the unofficial nickname for it because there are all these little different competitions. Well, what we, what we might see is that people want more of these things. Yes. Now, again, we're going wa- to watch it because there, there isn't much else on, although NASCAR is coming back too. Um, and, and I think TaylorMade, who is the sponsor of all four golfers, the equipment sponsor, um, or at least the ball for Ricky Fowler, Ricky's a Cobra guy when it comes to clubs. Um, 
they they got on board to sponsor this and they jumped Tiger and Phil and they're putting it on television. Yep. So we don't have to pay per view uh, for the match. And I think it's great. You have the number one player in the world. You also have uh, the guy who everybody wants to hit the golf ball like in Dustin Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you have Ricky Fowler, who's one of the most popular golfers. And this new guy, Matt Wolf, who the connection with those two, Oklahoma State, where they both went to college about you know 10 years apart. But Matt Wolf has one of the funkiest golf swings that you'll ever see. A motion that you would not try to replicate, but it works for him. And, and he's a great young man. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It should be fun. Yeah. And you, uh, you mentioned Seminole, the golf course. I, I don't believe it's ever been on TV. So that's no, the real correct. draw here. It's not. Yeah. Well, so, you know what tournament they have every year? It, it, some people call it, it, it you know, they, they call it the, the sixth major, right? Because the players' championship is the fifth major. But uh, the Seminole Pro-Am. Uh, or member pro, they called Seminole member pro. It is always the Monday after the Honda classic and the members at Seminole put on this tournament and they each get paired up with a PGA pro and they, and they play a one day, one day tournament. And it's a very difficult thing to win. Matter of fact, uh, Rory McElroy's father is a member at Seminole and he plays with Rory <laughs> in it every year, nice. uh, at least the last couple of years. And I want to say Johnson Wagner was the winner this past year. Uh, and I forgot which member he, he was paired with, but, uh, it's a really, it's a, it's a great tournament. It's one, I was one I've said, Hey, I'd love to go broadcast that tournament someday because it's just supposedly a one day shootout where, and, and if you look at the T sheet of all the PGA tour pros who play it, it is stunning. Uh, those who show up for the Seminole member pro. That's awesome. Do you think you'll be, uh, broadcasting on a golf course in 2020? Uh, I'm going to say yes. Okay. I'm going to be hopeful. I'm going to say yes. Um, and, and, you know, I, I hope it's as soon as uh, June 11th, but uh, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, I think, you know, a lot of broadcasting may be different here. Um, you know, I think you might see baseball games when they're played starting July 4th. I think you might see the broadcasters at home mm-hmm. uh, with cameras. Uh, Mike Tirico, by the way, I believe he's going to broadcast the, the Seminole event. Uh, from his house in Michigan. And so, I, you know, I, what I hope what I hope doesn't happen, Mike, I hope it doesn't become the norm just because of well, just because of uh, financial savings and travel cost. Um, you know, the technology, it's great that we have it, that it can be done. Um, we see it in local news, whatever market you're in, if people are anchoring from at home um, and we're going to see this uh, broadcast that way. Uh, certain sports. I, I think the home broadcasters will be, you know, there in person. Um, I think it all depends on how many broadcast personnel they want uh, on property. They're trying to limit a uh, number of people on exposure. Uh, you know, a lot of the production people travel. They're from all over the country. So, you know, we may have limited number of cameras uh, at events, maybe limited number of cameras at golf events. You know, there might just be uh a couple of handheld cameras. You may not have all the camera work that you see. Right. Certainly you wouldn't need a ton uh, for an event that we're going to see at Seminole, but for a regular PGA tour event, yeah, you're going to need uh, maybe more cameras. Uh, maybe they're more stationary cameras. You know, that, that certainly could happen. Robotic cameras, if you will. Um, I, I could see that uh, being set up here until things get back to normal. But I, I, I believe that, Yes, we'll be on the golf course this summer. 
Um, I, I, I have faith in science and that they'll come up, you know, all these, uh, not to get too deep here, Mike, but I, I, I believe all these drug manufacturing companies and researchers are going to come up with something uh, that's going to work, uh, some sort of Z-pack, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, that'll help, help people that have uh, the coronavirus. And I know there's some success in some of these things, but I also know there's a lot we don't know. So, but I'm going to try to remain positive and put my faith in science. Yeah. Uh- how can you not? It's the only way to get sports back, right? Which is what we're all pushing for here. Uh, last thing, let's finish on this, Kevin, because you mentioned it and I, and I, I prefaced it as well. This is kind of going to be the foundation, whatever the PGA puts together. I mean, they sent out like a 37-page document to players yesterday kind of outlining how this is going to at least try to work. You know, everything from how we're going to feed you to, you know, bathroom rules. I mean, everything. I mean, if, if you really just sit and think about it for a couple of seconds, Kevin, the amount of logistics it's going to take to make sure that safety is ensured at every angle of this is crazy. And, and, and really we're only talking about a couple of dozen golfers, but you mentioned all the volunteers. I, I read Kevin that that shot link service that, you know, the, the ball tracking service, it takes hundreds of volunteers for that. And it takes hundreds of volunteers just to really get the camera work that golf is used to. Um, and it's going to be the responsibility of the PGA to, to make sure all of those people are safe as well. And, you know, the, the ones that are being enlisted to come back, at least. I, they're going to have to figure this out quickly in the next month. And when they do, every other league is going to be in, in, right? Because if they figure out how to do this little bubble, which we've, you, you laid out there, that's obviously what the NBA has, has prepared with either Disney World or Vegas or whatever they're going to do. This it's a big deal that the PGA Tour gets this right is where I'm getting at, right? I think so. I, I think yes, yeah, someone's got to be first, and someone's got to prove it can be done. Um, you know, a lot of it is going to rely upon the people themselves, meaning the golfers, the right. caddies, and the volunteers, right? I mean, it's just, hey, listen, it's uh, you, you just gotta gotta follow follow the rules afterwards. Don't shake each other's hands, right? Hey. Uh, we're going to go on the score, you know, this, we're going to score outside here. Here you go. Um, uh, yeah, believe me, I, I've even thought about as a broadcaster um, how it's going to work. Um, Gigantic boom mics. <laughs> well, I, well, you know, think about it. Um, I'll just, I, from when, when I get my uh, equipment pack, okay, for example, to walk remotely. So the equipment packs we use on radio, same as, uh, you know, when you see Dottie Pepper. Uh, out there walking up a fairway, right? We were same stuff. Um, so that comes from a uh, provider, equipment provider that goes to our engineer that makes sure it's all working, that uh, puts it on me, that's handling that. Well, um, is that going to be wiped down before I grab it? Do I wipe it down before I grab it? Um, are we wearing masks while we're doing so? Mm-hmm. Am I wearing a mask out on the golf course uh, just to protect the other players? Probably not. If, I, I don't know. One day to wear a mask, another day it's not wear a mask. I know this. Post-round interviews are, pro- are probably not going to be the same no, one-on-one. Yeah. You know, the last one I did was Tyrrell Hatton. Uh, last term I worked was Arnold Palmer, which was the last tournament they had before uh, the shutdown. And I remember talking to him before the round on Saturday. He came to the range. We shook hands, said hello, did the interview. Sunday morning, comes to the range. We just looked at each other. We didn't even shake hands. <laughs> it, wasn't, it was just... It was just because one of those deals and same thing after when he won the tournament, when I talked to him, it wasn't like, it was like, I'm not going to shake your hand. And he's like, yeah, we're not going to do that. Change like that in an instant. So 
yeah, things are going to be different. They're going to be different for a while, um, maybe forever. But at some point, which I think is the gist of this whole thing, and this is why you write the tour, how to get this right, to show the other sports how it can be done. And I think it may help our country move forward to see that, hey, look, at this can be done. I like it. I can't. I got to get you out of here on this because, uh, you know, I know it's in your DNA. Who do you like Sunday? Oh, it's oh, yeah, boy. It's I, I, how do you not take Dustin Johnson or Roy McIlroy? Okay. Just, um, I, I'm going to take I'm going to take those two. And then sure. I'm going to guess you're going to go Phil and Brady. Uh, no, no. I'm going to take, no, I'm going to go. No, I'm going to take tiger and, uh, Peyton Manning. I think, uh, I, I think Peyton is going to just trash talk the garbage <laughs> out of Tom Brady, Phil, Phil talking back and believe me, tiger wants revenge from the match. There's no question about it, okay, uh, over okay. Phil, that one-on-one thing. So they're playing at medalist, uh, of course, tiger's more familiar with. And um, a Tiger would not do this if he wasn't ready physically. This break may have been the best thing for Tiger physically. I agree. Yeah, I mean, he needed to just kind of, I mean, I mean, speaking of that, are you on the CC Sabathia diet, by the way? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I just saw that. I was like, I, I'm, I'm surprisingly maintained where I was, at least, I think. Uh, I, I put a suit on every week just to make sure. Uh, but uh, I don't even wear pants, I have, Kevin. <laughs> I have definitely consumed more carbs in the last two months than I have in the last two years. There's no doubt about it's it. Crazy. He's like Benjamin buttoning things. Yeah. He's well, three bills I mean, while he's a pitcher, and then he walks away and he drops 150. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, I mean, so he, he walks away. Um, I got to think all that, uh, you know, uh, how jacked he is. I, I, I can't see him pitching the way he pitched there. I mean, I just can't see him being as, uh, yeah. limp, limber, if you will, even though he wasn't limber, he, he had knee problems because of his weight, but, uh, I just, the way his upper body looks, he just can't be as, uh, fluid with the arm, and it, it, but That's it's crazy. good for him. Yeah. He, I didn't know. I didn't know we went vegan. Like he went vegan after he had the uh, bypass, right? In 18? Yeah. Yeah. He was eating a lot of vegetables still. Yeah, he, <laughs> he cleaned it up. Yeah, that's right. He was finding those fatty vegetables out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My doctor told me once, no one ever got fatty fruit and vegetables. And I'm like, ah, I look at CC man. Challenge accepted. That way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, how quick NFL? Who, uh, who had an offseason that you liked here? Real quick. Uh, well, I mean, it's hard not to like Tampa's, right? Yeah. yeah when you get Brady and Gronk, uh, uh, that, that's that's pretty incredible, uh, right there. Um, and then, boy, just off the, I, you know, I, I, I'll I'll go there. I'll just go with those two. Um, I, I'll go with Tampa. I just think that's very intriguing. What a great division that's going to be. But uh, yeah, I'll go with the Buccaneers. Does Dallas sign deck? If Dak doesn't sign now with what's going on, he's crazy. I, I sign it. I right? think the same thing. Get if your sixty million dollar bonus contract. Yeah, get it right now, because who knows what's going to happen? I would, and the market's going to be down. He can invest that. Well, the stock market's low. I mean, I'm telling you, he should grab it right now. All right, good stuff, Kevin. Thanks for joining, man. My pleasure, Mike. Take good talking to you. 
While most sports are currently at a standstill, it's never too early to start preparing your updated fantasy football draft roster. And there's no better resource than Fantasy Pros with their flagship draft wizard, Mock Draft Simulator. You can customize any format that your fantasy league plays. Run mock drafts in a matter of minutes against realistic opponents and prepare for any scenario your draft might face. Everything's going to be updated. We've got rookies, we've got UDFAs. There's plenty to deal with right now, especially if you're a dynasty draft. And, you know, extensions like Deshaun Watson will matter to you. Get in there, start cranking the numbers out, start figuring out what the heck is about to happen here as we push towards the, uh, you know, the, the preseason schedule and things like that. It's going to come soon, especially with nothing else going on. So keep up with it on Fantasy Pros. Visit fantasypros.com slash spottrack-nfl today. Get a head start on your competition. Again, that's fantasypros.com slash spottrack-nfl. Happy to welcome back to the show the sports tax man, Robert Viola. Robert, welcome back. Hope you're well. Hope you're safe. Hope the family's well. Let's talk some numbers. Pleasure to be on the show, Mike. Always, I hope you guys are doing, doing well and safe. Uh, thanks again for having me. You bet. Let's start with the NFL draft, which was a, a rousing success. All things considered, I think we were all a little worried about how the virtual aspect of it was going to go. And in terms of the picks, it went pretty chalk, which wasn't so interesting. But you had some great points uh, on a joint piece with Michael McCann from SI.com, which you do, I know, every year. You, you really kind of dive into these numbers from your, your perspective. Talk a little bit about how these high rookies are going to be affected tax-wise. And I know you've got an interesting uh, discussion around the Tua pick at number five. Sure. Uh, most times, if, you, if you're playing a game or you're you're keeping score in, in a competition, it's better to come in fourth than fifth. However, this time, not so much. Andrew Thomas went fourth. He grossed $2 million more than Tua, but after taxes, uh, Tua netted more than $2 million more than Andrew Thomas. So interesting numbers. Uh, we first ran, ran this a couple of years ago when uh, the, the number two pick, was more than the number one pick. So it's quite interesting. And, you know, the numbers are the numbers, but when you get something like that, I think it's a good idea to bring it out. Yeah. I mean, is it ever going to be changed, in your opinion? I know it, it, would, it would have to – it would take the NFL adjusting all the salary caps accordingly based on that, that, you know, that current state tax. It seems like too much work. It seems like too much variance and flexibility. But do you understand what I'm saying? Is, is it something that the NFL could take on so that this kind of thing gets fixed? It's funny. The NBA has has uh, talked about that. They talked to me, uh, somebody talked to me about that, and you know, trying to do it on a uh, pre-tax basis. Uh, oh, sorry, an after-tax basis. Um, you know, so it's quite interesting, but it hasn't come to fruition yet. But you know, when, when players are free agents and they go out there, the teams that have no state tax flaunted, like the Cowboys, now like the Raiders, uh, the Miami Dolphins, the Seattle Seahawks, they flaunt the fact that they have no state tax. And the teams that do have a state tax have to get around that. Sometimes they have to pay more money to do that. So quite interesting with the money. Yeah, it always is. I love, I love your side of it. It's <laughs> so interesting. So you mentioned the NBA. We, we think that the NBA is, is starting to come together with at least the, some sort of plan, some sort of semblance to get back together here. The idea of, uh, of being inside of the Disney World bubble has really started to, to form at least – I guess, you know, let's just assume that that kind of thing happens and you've got 30 teams worth of players quarantined inside of Disney World to play basketball for the next two months. What kind of a nightmare or actually does that simplify things from a tax standpoint when you start to pay these players out? Each player, each player is different and has to be analyzed on a one-by-one basis because just because they're in Florida for two months, uh, 
uh, doesn't mean it to be a Florida resident. So you got to analyze each one separately. And if, if a person's resident of New York, even though they're playing in Florida, they have to pay the New York tax. So I think Arizona is also in there. Um, so, you know, look, at the end of the day, the players want to play. They, I don't know that they care that much. If there's nobody in the stands, they don't care where they play. Uh, they want to p- play, continue to get Yeah, I would imagine that's the case. I think that's what we're going to see with baseball as well, where there's a little bit of fighting about <laughs> you know, the salaries and and the revenue sharing and all that stuff. Uh, you're right. This is probably a year where taxes probably aren't a big part of it because it's just about getting back on the field and going. Um, but you did mention the free agent season and it got me thinking a little bit about these NFL court, especially the quarterbacks that we've got three major quarterbacks that need contracts or are, are up against contract deadlines in Mahomes and, and Deshaun Watson. And of course, Dak Prescott, Robert, in your opinion, is this, hiatus is this is this COVID-19 situation you know and I'm asking you to put on your financial advisor header a little bit should these guys be signing best deal available right now or is there is it okay to wait this thing out you don't understand what I'm saying is the financial landscape going to change drastically over the next two to three years because of what's happening right now yeah I don't think the Cowboys made those moves uh to not sign Dak they're trying to drag him out a little bit and they got uh, the Red Rifle and Dalton, but I, th- I think that they'll wind up signing uh, Prescott. Uh, the other two guys I would imagine would sign be nightmare if they didn't. How different it's going to be for 2020 from a financial standpoint, because you know you're going to see some semblance of prorated salaries in, in Major League Baseball. The right. NBA, I don't know if they'll come back, but we, I mean, starting Friday, those those paychecks all get cut down 25 percent. Actually, let's let's touch on that just real quickly because one of the things I'm learning which is difficult to find from a public standpoint, as you might imagine, is that many of these NBA players, Robert, have different pay structures, different pay schedules. For instance, LeBron, we're finding, has pretty much 50% of his pay is up front. He gets it in October, November, and then everything else just sort of prorates from, from there out. So much of his you know, $30 million plus salary has already been paid to him. Um, so w- when we're talking about reducing... He, right. I, I would imagine a lot of the stars do that, right? You want to get the money in hand so that they can handle handle their business and, and go. Yeah, they like to get the money up front. Uh, yeah. About, you know, COVID, but he, he had that before, you know, was even in on somebody's lips. And, you know, he's the greatest player in the game. So, so even we're hearing all about LeBron, I mean, Michael Jordan now, with the show he's at on ESPN, two great players, yeah. no matter what you say. And, and actually, I, I just found this little tidbit out as well. I wonder if you if you knew this. That the institution of the Jack Tax actually came about because of Michael Jordan. That's right, Michael Jordan's revenge. Yeah. yeah, the Lakers. He beat he beat the Lakers in '91, and the Lakers sent him and the rest of the Bulls a Jack Tax bill, which didn't even exist. It yep. was sort of like an unwritten rule that that sort of thing didn't happen. And uh, from there, we uh, we we get this complicated Jack Tax, which is, you know, right. In informally titled Michael Jordan's revenge. <laughs> Incredible. It all comes back to Michael Jordan. Are you enjoying that, by the way? Yep. Yeah, I think it's all right. I think it's a little overrated, but it's, you, you're able to watch something instead of watching nothing on sports now. Are you are you a Knicks guy saying that? Knicks guy, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. This is great. I appreciate your time. I'll, I'll uh, make sure to tweet out that piece from SA.com, which you have some great numbers in there in terms of the NFL draft picks. Hope you stay safe. Hope you're well. We'll talk to you soon, Robert. Thank you. You as well, Michael. Thanks so much. All right. A special thanks to the Athletic. Visit theathletic.com/slash spot track for forty percent off. 
My thanks to Fantasy Pros. Visit fantasypros.com slash spottrek-nfl. Get a head start on your 2020 fantasy season. Baseball's coming. Golf is here. NASCAR is here. Bundesliga soccer is here. Get your fantasy gear. Get your fantasy stuff together. Fantasypros.com slash spottrek-nfl. For Kevin Sylvester, for Robert Wyola, my name is Mike Gennetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spot Trek Podcast.